All right, we're in for weekend, and we're back from a little bit of a vacation while we did some training in Raleigh, North Carolina for GymConf, which was super fun. Yeah, super, super fun. So I, I think we should get into it, but first, just a little bit of a recap here. Uh, we're in for weekend. We like to talk about newsy-type things, and uh, I'm really excited about what we got this week. My name is Jonathan Jackson. And I'm Chase McCarthy. We're broadcasting out of Hash Rocket HQ here in sunny Jacksonville, Florida. Maybe a little too sunny, but good. So yeah, let's, uh, let's get started. All right, the first thing we're going to cover is a blog post by Ben Swartz from Twitch. And it's about chat performance uh, in the Twitch client because uh, that uses Ember and how they uh, took some kind of simple steps to like really dramatically improve uh, their rendering performance. Yeah, okay, so a couple things real fast. Twitch, I have wasted so much time watching some games on Twitch, specifically League of Legends. It's an amazing platform. It's really cool. And one of the aspects of it that I tend not to really like write in the chat very often, but it's very much a part of the kind of culture that Twitch has created for itself as a product. Basically, in large, like busy rooms, the chat is just constant. It's just this constant stream of new information. And, uh, you know, obviously the main reason for going to Twitch and trying to view something is you're, you're going to watch a stream of some sort, um, typically a game, but I think they have a creative section now. There's this constant inflow of chat messages and you really don't want that to interrupt the main flow of the application. So performance here is obviously, you know, such huge, it's like a huge deal. It's very, very important. So like the steps for improving this, the rendering performance for chat is like, I don't know, like it doesn't feel like if, if I were building an, an Ember app, I wouldn't look to do this. But, you know, like when they are starting to do these A-B testing and you start to get to the scale that they're at, uh, you really have to like these, you know, these little things start adding up. Yeah. So basically the problem they were having was that uh, in, in any normal stream, this wouldn't be a problem. The performance is fine. But, but as soon as you get a, just a ton of messages coming in, like tens of messages a second or something like that to a single room, the rendering of all of those messages starts taking up the browser resources that are also being shared to you know just play the video and the video is like the most important thing so they don't want any glitches in the video or like lagging of the video because of the chat right exactly so some of the steps were really really interesting so i think we want to just go through those because they i don't know like like we were saying before it's like little things that you you probably wouldn't have thought of at the time but each one of those things added up to um, some pretty significant performance increases. So the first thing that they did was they did just batch the updates. So rather than just like as they come in, they get popped on, you basically put them into a queue and then kind of like flush that queue at some interval. I think they chose 100 milliseconds and that improved performance by a, like a lot. Yeah, it went from like 500 milliseconds. They were saying like these terrible cases to like being like 200 milliseconds. So that's pretty good. Yeah, that's a big win. And you know, that's I, I, th- I think that that's a really um, solid, approachable thing. That's very domain-specific, not so specific to Ember, but definitely uh, something you need to think about. Batching updates, the whole reason why uh, Backburner exists, for instance, to batch DOM updates. But it's a very, uh, very common problem, and this is a great, great way to, to solve it. Yeah, and the second thing that they did was remove extraneous components. So there's some times where you render a component because maybe it makes a, you see some duplication and you just kind of want to remove it or make things just clearer. So you use a component as kind of like just a drawer to put some part of a piece of your code. And that's nice for like developers and makes it look nice. But sometimes that actually makes things render just a little little slower. Uh, and again, this is something that you're not going to notice on a, hu- on a even a huge application until you start getting just a ton of re-renders. So probably isn't something you want to go do for like a pre-optimization, but this is something that they definitely noticed helped them. 
Yeah, and and you know, this is really interesting. So when we were reading through this, we ended up kind of uh, like I recalled uh, an instance where this was a similar problem in Railsland, um, where if you render it many many times, that can actually cause the same kind of performance problems, and that's like server rendered stuff. So even then, moving that out, you just basically ignore that lookup cost. And Rails has some other things that are going on under the hood, but it's a similar common problem where just push this out. It's a nice abstraction, but you know when when you have hot path code, it's good to you know, maybe be a little bit more uh, explicit. Really quickly, the last couple things that they did were removing a tooltip library they're using. This was like a jQuery tooltip. So they were having to, to use some, you know, non-Ember JavaScript. They switched over to using pure CSS tooltips, which their designers actually loved because it meant they were all designed, you know, purely with CSS and HTML and it made things perform better. So that was actually a really quick improvement. And then the last couple things they did were uh, removing some computer properties that were not needed because the values never changed, like the content of the message. I don't think you can edit your message so it would never change unless maybe it was moderated. So odds of that happening were really slim. So they were paying it on every single row. So removing some computer properties. Uh, and the last part is kind of like a future roadmap. They've done some uh, V8 optimizations. Actually, I think RWJ Blue did because he's now working at Twitch. And uh, But those optimizations are actually pushed upstream to Ember. So hopefully we'll all see some benefits from this work. Yeah, first off, that's awesome. It's really cool to see the different companies that the core teams are at and like how their work in their various companies is kind of uh, making improvements to Ember in places where maybe even a year ago they wouldn't have gotten noticed maybe because of scale and, and things like that. Um, so that's really interesting. But just real quick, talking about that computed property thing, they basically wanted to use uh, ES6 or well, ES5 actually um, getters on like an object, but you can't use those in Ember because of complicated reason, but uh, you can kind of fake it out. We're going to link to a gist that uh, Robert put together that kind of shows how they did it in their implementation in a little a little JS bin. And uh, it's really simple and it ends up looking pretty great, uh, like kind of close-ish to what, uh, what it should be, like what the actual get syntax is, but definitely understandable and readable. And um, it's definitely a really interesting thing possibly, you know, because of the performance implication of a computer property with like dependent keys and like, you know, property change notification, you might want to reach for this instead. Uh, and I think it could be wrapped into an add-on. So maybe that'll be something that we see uh, in the future. So this past week, we did a training out in Raleigh and it was super fun. Uh, we did it with, uh, in association with Modern Web and HashRocket and obviously Ember Weekend. And it was, uh, it was a really great experience. Uh, we got to work out of the offices at Interactive Intelligence, and they are listeners of the podcast, which is really, really great. Uh, so hi, uh, Interactive Intelligence. And uh, it was a really fun experience. We had a great setup, a great bunch of people uh, trying to learn Ember, uh, which was really, really fun. Uh, and I'm super excited to do this uh, again in the future. Uh, we have we're leaning more towards a workshop style approach, which uh, turned out to be really great. And we're trying to uh, kind of keep pushing that and, and keep on building up this curriculum, which brings us uh, to the point. Uh, we actually, um, we made a little Ember app that we're using to kind of find teaching points during the workshop. And we are making that entirely open. Uh, so that is up on uh, Ember weekend slash mail. It's a, an email client, kind of like uh, a la Gmail kind of thing. And uh, we also have this document that is associated with it, which kind of describes the mentality of, you know, how we took it from a no, nothing here, but we have some stories about what we want to like a final product. And that's going to be, we're probably going to turn those into a few blog posts or possibly just put it in the readme. But um, once we get that up and running, it would be a really cool place to kind of like step through and, and uh, maybe learn a little bit about, you know, how you might approach building uh, an Ember app from scratch. So, 
look forward to that. That should be up. I'm, I'm hoping. Oh, so the, the app itself and the Git commit history is, is all pretty good. Um, there's probably going to be a rebase in the future, but uh, I think that uh, once we get the document in there, it'll be really, really primed for taking a, a newbie and kind of giving them a taste of how to build an app in Ember. Yeah, and uh, one of the, the key kind of things we were trying to hit on this uh, is that it's more about how you actually work, not necessarily like a workshop of Ember with a Hello World or a to-do app. It's like a real app. You're given some requirements, and you're given you know uh, basically stories and pivotal that you have to pull out and make work. Uh, and and how to kind of go about that in a logical way. We, we uh, introduced some things like Ember Data, um, how to interact with you know add-ons, how to use non-Ember add-ons, or how to, how to use non-Ember JavaScript libraries and import them. Um, and we do some testing and things like that. So it's definitely covering a lot of the things that you need to work on an Ember project. But again, we're trying to make this into a live kind of um, blog experience where you will hopefully keep this up to date um, and you know add the stories in. That, that finish it out and add new features. Um, but as John said, um, we have some ideas about how to change the way the training works. We'll probably end up rebasing those back down in, but we'll definitely keep the, uh, the posts up to date. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I was saying, you know, you should be looking for this uh, in the next week or so uh, with the document. Uh, and uh, it should be, like I said, it should be a really great experience. And you can look at it right now and check out the Git history right now. All right. And uh, the last thing we want to mention was that kind of the uh, perk of going and doing training uh, in Raleigh at the time was that we got to uh, attend GymConf. And there was actually a workshop by Brendan O'Hara. And we saw that. That was pretty cool. It was like 50 people. That was actually pretty surprising because I think there was more people at the workshop than there was at the uh, GymConf, uh, if you only count local. But then remote, there was also a ton of people, like another, I don't know, was it like 40 people? Yeah. Um, and then uh, some really great talks. Yeah. And it was keynoted by Todd Jordan, who is on the the learning team. And uh, it was really, that was a really great talk. Um, there was several really, really great talks. One of my favorite talks was by uh, Edward Faulkner. And he talked about Cardstack and these WordPress-like CMS controls, which it's kind of eye-opening. Um, some of the work there is, it, it's like really lowering that barrier to entry for, uh, specifically for content creators, which I think is such a novel idea, like trying to create something that is easier than WordPress to interact with. But you know, scalable in a way that WordPress is, I don't know, like not, not quite as hacky, I guess, or ancient. <laughs> um, and that's really, that's really, fa- that's, that's fast, fascinating work. So um, I think those are all recorded, right? Yeah, they're all recorded. They should, I think they put them up on Vimeo uh, after they're kind of passed through some editing. Right. But th- they should be up pretty soon. And we'll definitely mention when that is. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it was a, it was a, t- it took place at the Bronto offices. And I mean, you got a cool t-shirt from this. I got two cool t-shirts with little brontosauruses on them, so... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot why we got those. We got those because we did Ember Jeopardy, which is like a, th- like a little interlude kind of thing where questions are at. And we actually created the questions like months and months ago, and then we got some of them wrong. So I feel like... I don't... Well, we didn't, bad. we didn't come up with all the questions. I think the questions we got wrong were actually the questions that somebody else came up with because mm. they were actually pretty tough. Well, I'm just saying, I mean, maybe yeah, I, need to, I need to work on this. I feel like there's like the little apps that help you with uh, retention, memory retention. So some Ember, Ember flashcards? Yeah, some Ember flashcards. Just like put them in there. Actually, that would be really cool. We could call it card stack. <laughs> oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. That's already taken. Dang. Anyways, uh, it was really fun. They do have uh, awesome offices and they were, they were very accommodating for the group. So that was really great. And they have a rad T-shirt too. It's like a little brontosaurus. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. And uh, the last thing I want to mention was that there was a uh, there was actually a uh, a quick panel at some point by uh, it was like Tracy's talk uh, where she w- just wanted to talk about how to contribute to open source, and that was really cool. You participated in that. Yeah, that was fun. 
Yeah. And, and it was just really about like kind of the atmosphere of like uh, how to do a PR, how to communicate in open source, how to deal with, you know, weird situations or like uh, sometimes it's intimidating to submit a PR when you think maybe I'm going to mess something up and then they're going to ridicule me or, or, you know, not accept it because I misspelled something or didn't do something exactly right. And most of the time, I think that was this Todd Jordan that was talking about it, that you know, people are just really happy that you're using their open source. Like they open sourced it because they wanted to help people. And, and this is just kind of like fulfilling that need that they had to have to see that people are actually using it and wanting to help them contribute to it. Yeah. The, you know, the interesting part about that, I think uh, it was Jeff Schilling uh, was was in the audience and he, he kind of had this like a really great uh, comment about how as a, as a consumer of open source, how you can be a better consumer, like one that is kind of supportive and, and helpful and like kind of show some empathy towards open source maintainers. I thought that was really interesting. And one of the things that we, we kind of agreed on and we talked a little bit more about it after uh, the panel was basically like, you know, creating good bug reports and like don't come in with like, Hey, like fix my stuff right now. There's urgency. There's this thing, you know, I'm, you know, my world's on fire, like come in, like doing as much work as you can to help make it easier and be understanding of the the time implications to some of these things. Yeah. So, um, that was pretty good. Um, hopefully that one was recorded. Um, I believe they were all recorded, but, uh, hopefully it goes up. We'll have to, we'll have to, we'll have to ping Mike and see if, uh, if the panel is going to go up online, uh, but it was definitely really cool. We can get the director's cut version. Yeah. Right. Like the actual director's cut? Yeah, which is like no cuts, like just like unedited, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, but it was great. It was a really cool conference. I think they do them uh, every maybe three or four months, uh, which is great. So uh, we'll likely be at the next one as well. And uh, um, look forward to those talks. Um, we'll link to them uh, as soon as we find them. All right, thanks for listening. Uh, this has been really great. I'm super glad to be back in the studio recording because I missed last week. So I'm I'm really excited to get back out here and and uh, start pushing some more Ember Weekend stuff out there. But thanks for listening. Uh, I'm Jonathan Jackson, Rondell underscore SC on Twitter. And I'm Chase McCarthy, code 0100FUN, code for fun on Twitter and Facebook. Wait, not, not Facebook, MySpace. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not all say, the places. I'm not going to say anything about your name. Not this time. No, not happening. Anyways, uh, oh, oh, also, uh, this is another thing. Uh, Chase and I are beginning the groundworks on a little bit of a side project for us, which is going to be potential another podcast uh, about us playing Dungeons & Dragons. So pretty much like the exact opposite of this, but I'm really excited about it. Right, and uh, the key here is uh, that we don't know how to play Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah, so. we have no idea. Yes, yes. Yeah, I feel so. like that's a big part of it, yeah. Yeah, so it's going to be pretty funny. We're going to get a big group of people, and mm-hmm. no one knows how to play, so yep. we're probably going to be like, doing everything wrong and cheating a little bit. Oh, hey, there, hey man, I'm, you can't tell me. I'm going to be the dungeon master. Yeah, don't, you don't tell the DM. Yeah, you got to keep that stuff on the sly. Yeah, so uh, stay tuned. We'll let you know uh, if this gets off the ground or if we uh, just are really terrible at playing D&D. That's very, it's very possible that it'll just crash and burn, but I am excited about it. I'm reading all the books. It's going to be fun. So uh, you, can find, you can follow Ember Weekend on Twitter. It's Ember Weekend, all one word. Or if you uh, prefer the RSS, uh, you know, podcast app kind of style, you can subscribe to us at emberweekend.com slash feed.xml. And we'll be back next week. See you next week.